Warriors. Live and local. Every weekday. With 10,000 watts of total power. On WKKX and WVLY. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Welcome back. Well, welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket. Glad you're back. Glad you came back. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Slider, you're the devil. You know that, right? You should have had it when, uh, when it was still warm. Out. Oh, man. Not supposed to eat in the studio, first of all. And Why make, are you eating in the studio? Because well, it, 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 it's, it's a glazed donut. It's really good. And you brought it in this morning. And I set it aside, and I wasn't going to eat it. And then you said, you need your donut. So, well, <laughs> I went, oh, man, this is good. Respects? That's right. Oh, man. Bright and early. Right out of the oven, Howard. Uh, right out of the oven. It is good. Great glazed donut. I, oh, it makes me feel better. Oh, but, hey, I can't talk right now. And um, but we'll take care of that. Hold on. Let me go ahead and a little more coffee here. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All you right. feel better, Howard? Yeah. And now I got to clean this mess up. I made a mess in here. It's a great glazed donut, but now I got glaze everywhere. Oh, Donnie will have a cat or a dog in there on Thursday. <laughs> yeah, they'll get it. <laughs> Do me a favor. Don't tell the boss I brought the, uh, you brought, but that I ate a. Uh, I didn't see anything, Howard. I see nothing. I see nothing. Uh, 45 degrees, Wheeling, Ohio County Airport, 42 at the Highlands, 42 in Elm Grove, 42 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Going to be sunny, high 60-ish or so today. Tomorrow, pretty much the same thing. Some rain comes in on Thursday in the morning, uh, and then a nice day, maybe high near 70 on Thursday, and uh, rain in the evening on Friday. Again, around 70-ish or so for Friday. Pretty good chance of rain on Saturday. It's going to be a hefty rain uh, and rain on Sunday as well. So that's what you have to look forward to. But uh, you think you cut the grass early, your grass earlier this week? I did, Howard. I got it uh, last week when it was really, really nice. Remember when it was eighty, Howard? Yeah, I was cutting my grass. You think uh, you think you're done? I'm hoping I'm done. I'll probably I, gotta get the weed eater out one more time. Yeah, I know. The I, weeds, I, you know, they keep growing a little bit. Yeah, well, we're getting a lot of rain this week, so, uh, later but in the week. So I did hear Adam say the uh, the freeze frost word. Uh, yes, coming. I heard that. Uh, for, uh, I don't know. That it was immediate area here. But in the region, yes. we had uh, frost warnings. So, yeah, geez. so that'll snap them. Well, that's, that's, that, that's that time of year. It's that time of year. Uh, 8.12 in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. The um, attack by Hamas and Israel is churning up the world, I think. Israel and Palestinian, uh, Palestinian militants are in an all-out war now. It's not just a skirmish. It's not just some battles. It's not just an, an attack that went away. They're in an all-out war now. Death toll is rising on both sides. Numbers in front of me here in a USA Today story, and they may have obviously may have changed by now. Fourteen hundred people uh, dead in that incident of Hamas. At least nine of them are Americans, and again, those are numbers that may very well have changed by now. The administration in Israel says they are uh, amounting a quote complete siege on Gaza. They will cut off electricity, food, fuel to all of the homes in the Gaza Strip. More than 2,000 Palestinians having their electricity, food, fuel cut off. The Israeli military caught up 300,000 reservists, pounded Gaza with an aerial assault, 
aimed at halting the Hamas rockets targeting Israel's border towns. Just watching some of the video, Bob, it's just, it's just frightening to me. You know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the beginning of the Gulf War when we first saw some of the uh, bombs exploding over uh, Iraq. You know what it reminded me, Howard? I was only, what, uh, would have been 10 years old then. It reminded me of when they uh, came into the Olympic Village and took the oh, yeah, yeah, Israeli yeah. athletes as hostages. Uh, CNN is showing, I don't know how in the hell they were there, but they have footage of uh, some of the uh, citizens of Israel being being taken away and, and, and almost a certain death. I mean, the looks in their face is the same as the footage of the uh, back in 72 of the of the of the Olympic athletes they, they, it's over it's just shock and just it's just hard to watch it's really really painful to watch if i remember correctly it was one of cnn's actual first claims to fame that they had actually covered that they weren't even basically a network yet but they had had people there and it was horrific it was horrific um, rabbi lee from the local temple temple shalom here in wheeling who I tried to reach out to yesterday to get on the show here, and I, I, I couldn't, uh, we weren't able to make contact for some reason, uh, calls it truly horrifying. Uh, uh, Rabbi Leaf says it's truly horrifying to see the effects when people choose to be evil. He says the Israeli people are suffering horribly. And it's a point well that he makes. Rabbi Leaf says the goal was to murder Jews for being Jewish and to try to bring about the destruction of the state of Israel. Um, and Rabbi Leaf, who we hear from time to time here in the Upper Ohio Valley because he's a member of the Human Rights Commission. He speaks up at council often and so on. Uh, he says, look, an attack on people because of their faith anywhere is an attack on people of faith everywhere. So he's very adamant about this. In fact, Temple Shalom is hosting an interfaith service tonight at 7 p.m. featuring clergy from around the Ohio Valley. Uh, in the faith community here. The public is invited to attend. I think I may try to get to that service just to show show support uh, for Israel and um, and the people that are under such a horrific attack. Uh, in just a minute, we'll talk to State Senator Ryan Weld. Now, Ryan is, uh, is State Senator. He's running for Attorney General, but uh, politics will be set aside today. I want to get some use his military background to provide some perspective on what's happening in the in the Israel with the Hamas attack. And we'll do that coming up next here on the Watchdog Morning Show where it's 8.15. With the weather changing, now's a great time to head on into your local Toyota dealer where legendary performance and reliability go hand in hand. Check out a sporty Camry with available all-wheel drive and Toyota Safety Sense. Or the spacious RAV4, turning heads with amazing fuel efficiency. And now, explore Toyota like never before, with hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and full electric options. Visit buyatoyota.com today. Offers end October 31st. Toyota, let's go places. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. Are you concerned about losing your home or automobile if you file for bankruptcy protection? Find out if you would lose any property by calling Tom McIntyre at 304-232-8600 or have a free chat conference with his office online at McIntyreLaw.com. Tom has helped thousands of people in our area. He can answer these questions for you. 
Call 304-232-8600 or check him out online and have a free chat conference. Last year, they took on the NFL and beat the spread. This season, they plan on doing it again. If you want to cash in, tune in every Saturday morning from 8 to 9 for Good Old Boys on Sports with Bear and Bob here on the Watchdog Radio Network and the All Sports Saturday Morning. Good Old Boys is all we'll ever be. Information, interviews, debates, and discussion, plus an occasional rant. With Bob Slider behind the board, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, please don't anybody tell the bosses I've been eating glazed donuts here in the studio with our new equipment and all the new stuff in here. And the new policy is no food in the studio. I looked at that glazed donut, and I just—I had no choice. I just—I had to eat it, and it was good. It was very, very good. 818 here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Ryan Weld is a state senator here from the Northern Panhandle, also running for attorney general in the Great Mountain State. Uh, but I'm not here to talk politics with him today. I wanted to get his uh, experience as a military officer, an intelligence uh, officer uh, in the U.S. Army, and that's why he is here. Uh, senator, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Howard. How are you? Good. I, I do not want to talk politics today. We'll do that some other time. But I will tell you, I've gotten several texts ever since I announced you were coming on today, people uh, people saying that they're really happy that you're going to be here. Uh, Mr. Monroe, thank you for Senator Ryan Wells' appearance on your show. An honorable veteran, a skilled lawyer, I urge your listeners to vote for Senator Weld for attorney general. Again, I'm not here to talk politics with you, but I got several. I, I, guess, you, I guess you got fans out there, sir. Oh, I didn't realize my mom was up and texting so early. But. <laughs> That's it. It could be. I don't know. But uh, yeah, we got a couple of those. So you have some folks out there who are who are who are pulling for you. Ten seconds. How's the campaign going? Uh, good. Very busy. Uh, I'm currently in the Northern Panhandle, but I'll be leaving shortly to head to Parkersburg for a number of meetings. Uh, the campaign event down there this evening as well. All right. Listen, I wanted to not to talk politics today. We will do that as, as time goes by. But uh, let's talk about uh, this horrific situation in Israel. It, it just, I don't know what word to use for me. It depresses me. It frightens me. It uh, discourages me. The attack by Hamas on Israel was a brutal, um, uh, just hor horrible situation. I guess I'll just ask you for, based on your military background and what you know and, and what you bring to the table in that perspective, what's your perspective on, what's your thought about this uh, situation now in Israel? So as you mentioned, I was an intel guy in the Air Force, and so I, this is the life that I led before I came back home to West Virginia for a number of years. Uh, served on active duty in the Indel community in D.C. and was an intel guy when I was in Afghanistan. So first and foremost, I looked at it through that perspective and saw just really what a catastrophic failure this was of uh, the Israeli intelligence services, both their military and civilian apparatuses. But also, I mean, the U.S., we didn't pick up on this either. And to my knowledge, I would think that if we had, we would have shared it with our allies in Israel. But just the complexity of the t of the attack. I mean, this isn't something that, that was planned overnight. Right. And, and this is the, the, a scale. The, an operation of this scale doesn't happen without a lot of threat indicators that would be out there to be picked up on. You know, the the Israelis have had a, historically a number of, of of human assets we call human uh, sources 
within both the Gaza Strip and West Bank. Um, and the fact that, that they weren't given any actionable intel or any you know threat indicators through that system, but also through signals intelligence, radios, phones, texting. Uh, it's just it's amazing that that something like I mean this is the second greatest failure uh, of intelligence that, that Israel's ever had, and the first being the the 1973 Yom Kippur yeah. War, which happened actually 50 day, 50 years in a day to the date of this attack on Saturday. Let me ask you, what? let's talk about Israel for a minute, and then I want to talk about the U.S. involvement, or lack thereof, in a minute. But let's stick with Israel just for a second. What happened, in your best guess and estimate, based on what you've read, seen, heard, and what you have known from your experience, just letting their guard down, just, I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out how it did happen. Israel, I tend to think of as a very vigilant state and very aware of the problems on their borders, certainly with the Gaza Strip. And yet somehow this, this as you pointed, and this is not, this wasn't a bunch of guys on Tuesday nights that let's, uh, let's, let's go attack. I mean, this was a well-planned, well-orchestrated attack. What happened? So the, there's a lot of prevailing thought that Israel didn't perceive Hamas as a strategic threat and only took them and perceived them as a tactical threat. Back in 2021, Israel went to war with Hamas and killed a number of, of high-value targets, a number of their leaders, took out a lot of their cells, uh, rocket manufacturing assets, and things of that nature. Some people thought at the time they didn't go far enough, also, at the time, they were getting a lot of pressure from the United States to cease their operations because there had been a number of civilians killed. And, and so perhaps out of that, Israel thought that moving forward, Hamas would be a tactical threat, would be a threat you know, for border crossings here and there and for the occasional rocket attack, but nothing, obviously, to this size and scale. And so that there's a lot of thought that that might be the case at this point. Do you, I mean, I, I go back to my earlier phrasing. It, is it just sort of having let their guard down because they didn't expect this? Is that it, letting their guard down? That that could be it. Um, but they also might not have counted on, you know, Iran has always been a, a massive supporter, uh, both material and financing and, and intel of, of Hamas. They may not have counted on that Iran would become potentially. There's a lot of reporting that says that Iran was obviously somewhat involved with these attacks, but to what extent we don't know yet. But you know, were they much more involved than people think? Because when all of this happened for the past several months, past year or so actually, the U.S. has been engaged in a diplomatic negotiation between Israel and Saudi Arabia to normalize diplomatic relations between those two countries. And that is the last thing that Iran would want, because that essentially is a security agreement with the U.S. for Saudi Arabia. And so does that do two things? Does that then completely you know, put Iran's desire to be the, the, the power, the preeminent power in that region, on the shelf? But does it also put the Palestinian cause on the back burner as well, that if Saudi Arabia has normalized relationships mm -hmm. with Israel and is no longer screaming from the, the, the front row, what, you know, look at the humanitarian crisis you're causing in Gaza and the West Bank, does that then 
put that Palestinian cause no longer at the forefront. Diminish that, yeah, yeah. I hadn't thought about that perspective. That's that's an interesting way of looking at it. Uh, Iran clearly has an interest. I mean, I'll put that in air quotes. They've got an interest in what's happening here. Uh, your best guess: Do they have an involvement, and in, or at what level is Iran involved in this Hamas attack? Are they just outside looking in, saying, "Go, you guys, go"? Or has there been some support or convert? I mean, I, well, you're guessing, I'm sure, but what do you think? Uh, look, I am by no means an expert, but it, it, for what it's worth, my opinion is that Iran was involved in this on a very granular, but also a very strategic level. Mm-hmm. The sheer amount of rockets that Hamas has been able to launch over the past several days is staggering. And those aren't created out of thin air. Those come from somewhere. The materials to make those come from somewhere. The, to be able to you know, coordinate strikes from land and sea and air, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. And that type of leadership, I would think, would come from the, the military or from the, the, the paramilitary forces operating from Iran with their assistance. So I think that as we peel back the, the layers of this onion, it will consistently point to Tehran. We, uh, we, being the United States, have sent uh, some uh, uh, ships into the Mediterranean Sea uh, as, I guess, kind of a warning or a cautionary warning that, you know, we are, we're not going to let this go if it continues. Um, how far does our involvement, how far does our involvement go? How far should it go? How much are you worried that we could get deeper into this? I, I don't think that there's going to be a broader involvement in the U.S. in terms of personnel. But I think that where the U.S. is really going to be involved is providing material and but also intelligence support to Israel. You know, the, the weapons that Israel is going to need over the next, you know, days and weeks, perhaps months, uh, is going to be artillery. Uh, it's going to be missiles for their what they call their Iron Dome uh, defense system mm-hmm. that intercepts and destroys a lot of the rockets coming from the Gaza Strip, but also precision-guided uh, munitions. Uh, bombs for their F-16s, for their F-35, and their Apache helicopters. And, and I mean, those those requests have already started to come in, and the president has some broad authority to be able to do that. But, you know, whatever side of the, the argument you were on in the speaker uh, debate in Washington, right now we need a speaker to be able to get legislation done. Uh, for appropriations and other things if we're going to be able to support the Israelis. Well, yeah, part of the problem the United States has right now is, as you point out, first of all, Congress is in a bit disarray because there's no speaker. Uh, we don't have an ambassador officially appointed there, and um, and we still have a lot of military uh, positions left open. I don't know to what extent that impacts anything in the situation, but we're not in the world's best. We are not as organized as we could be to begin dealing with a crisis like this. At least that's the way I look at it. I'm, I'm just a guy on the radio, but, but uh, that's the way I look at it. Well, and I mean, we're going to have to get a number of things in order to be able to provide you know, full support. And, and we'll get there, but right now there are a number of things that can be done in the short term to be able to provide that assistance. Where does this end? Oh, that's the, I mean, how big is this going to get, Howard? That's the question. Yep. Uh, I mean, is, is Hezbollah going to try to take advantage of the situation in northern Israel? Uh, is the fighting going to spread to the to the West Bank? What's what's the IDF, the Israeli Defense Forces? What's their objective? I mean, they've they've already retaken the towns and villages in the areas that were taken by Hamas over the weekend. But then, where do they move from there? Finding and securing all the hostages, 
Is it a complete occupation of Gaza? Is it totally destroying Hamas? I mean, those are the questions that are going to be asked and eventually answered over the next couple of days and weeks. In the uh, the battle for a phrase that we in this country use once upon a time, in the battle for the hearts and minds of people, hearts and souls of people, uh, does Hamas win to some extent simply because Israel's response was so overwhelming and that they're going to be, I mean, look, Netanyahu basically said, well, if we have to, we'll turn you into glass. Uh, it's, 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 a, it's a no-holds-barred response at the moment right now. Uh, does that, in a sense, psychologically help Hamas look like, to some extent, the the bad, not the bad guys, the uh, underdog there? Uh, no, because okay. I think that, that you know, I, I talked with, with someone yesterday who said that the, the more, that we have finally exposed the lie of the moral equivalency in all of this. And I think that that's true because Hamas spent a large portion of their day on Saturday killing innocent civilians at a music festival, uh, kidnapping and taking back to the Gaza Strip senior citizens, children, women. Uh, I mean, where are those people now? We don't know the answer to that question. Right. And so the, the specific targeting of those types of individuals, you know, there's there's a ro- lot of rule of law in warfare, and those are the things that you do not do, and those are the things that terrorists do, and that's what Hamas is, the terrorist organization. I, I spent a lot of time, too much time this weekend on some of the social media sites I don't know why I do that. I know it does irritate me when I spend time on those things. But I saw a lot of folks who were trying to uh, say, well, Hamas has legitimate gripes. They they have a reason to be so angry. They have a reason to strike back. Um, and, but fortunately, most of the responses I saw were, yes, that may be true. There may be issues here that have not been dealt with properly. But this this action was so above and beyond any kind of legitimate response, you know, civilians were were just were not just involved; they were targeted. Uh, hostages were taken. No matter whether there is or is not, and I'm not saying there is. I'm just saying if if you believe there's a legitimate concern the Hamas has, this is not the way to deal with it. No, no, it is not. I mean, look, I spent what ten months in Afghanistan, and we were out every day, essentially mounted and dismounted patrols. You don't target civilians. Yeah, that's a period. Innocent people are not targeted in warfare. That's a period sentence. Yep. The the, the people who do target civilians are terrorists. And so, and Hamas, of course, has been considered terrorist by many anyways, but certainly this was far and away a a, a terrorist act. I don't think you can do anything other than call it a terrorist act. You are absolutely correct, Howard. But what concerns me, final thought of mine, and you can respond, what concerns me is the amount of planning that seems to have gone into this. This, as I said earlier, this was not a you know, a couple of guys on a Tuesday night saying, Hey, let's go make a splash. This was organized. This was coordinated. This was planned, clearly not just for days, but for a period of time. Uh and I think the timing was was clearly planned as well. So that's what concerns me is this was this was a very, very well orchestrated attack. And that's the I mean it, Israel's going to face a, a national reckoning at some point, just like they did after the Yom Kippur War. And that, and Golda Meir's government fell. It, it took three years, but you know she was out of power because of the failures of, of, of what happened at the start of that war. And, and they're going to face another number of questions on a lot of levels when this is done. But it's going to be a while before it's done. And I have a feeling that they're not going to stop until they've completely taken Hamas out. Yeah. 
Senator, I appreciate your time. I appreciate your thoughts. I appreciate your service, and I uh, thank you for joining us this morning. As I said, somewhere down the road, we'll talk some about, a bit about being attorney general and all that kind of good stuff. But today was not that day. But uh, thank today you. Today is not that day. But thank you, Howard. Always a pleasure. All right. Thanks for joining. Me. Appreciate. It. We'll do it again soon. Thanks. Uh, West Virginia State Senator, Attorney General candidate Ryan Weld. That, that's how we would know him these days. But of course, a former Air Force um, intelligence officer for a long time, as he pointed out, in Afghanistan and other hot spots of the world. So I thought he could bring some some perspective because I can't bring that perspective. You know, I, I'm a guy on radio. I, I, I read the news and figure things out. But uh, so he was there. He has a much better perspective on this than I do. And I appreciate him coming in and uh, joining us this morning. You know, Bob, all I can say is what a mess. I keep saying that. What a mess. What a mess. It really is. But I tell you this. I know I know hardly anything about politics, but I've always believed since I was a young boy, uh, if you're going to mess with Israel, you better be ready because there's going to be a hell of a response here, and it might just be over for everybody. Well, I mean, again, in, in this particular case, this is not what in we sometimes call a measured response or a, you know, a, pay, a, 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 a tit-for-tat kind of response. You attack two of our things, we'll attack two of yours. Netanyahu has made it clear. We're flattening you. We're flattening you. We're going to do, you know, we, we will not tolerate. And that has, for a long period of time, been sort of the sub-message in Israel all the time. And the, the, the tragic thing of that is uh, civilians are going to die, but they already have. I mean, the, the line has been uh, put in the sand, house. And you can only go—boy, I hate to say this, but it's true. You can only go so far in trying to avoid civilians in situations like this where— uh, a lot of the the command control for Hamas is, is in residential areas. You can do, as Israel did, you can send out a message, get out, leave, bad things are about to happen. I mean, you can do your best, but at some point in the natural course of war, and Israel has called this war, Civilians will get harmed. I have the TV here right by me, Howard. What I'm getting the drift, just, just reading and, and, and glancing every once in a while what's going on, I, th- I think they're going to send their whole whole army in there. I, I, I don't think it's just going to be a, a shellacking with bombs. I think they're going to go in there with, with force. Well, they called up 300,000 reservists. And I think they're all going to go in there and sort things out. Yeah, it's, I, I think so, too. And then the issue becomes, do any other parts of their border become a problem? Because, you know— focus on Hamas and focus on that Gaza Strip area, but what if the West Bank, what if other areas become a problem? You know, then you got to draw doubt on more troops. So, I mean, it's it's going to be... But I will say this, and I think it's just what you said, you know, you don't want to mess with uh, Israel. You don't, when they're mad. It took them years. I mean, they, they tracked down, I believe, all the terrorists that was involved in that... Uh, uh, and Tebby? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, they, they tracked them down and they, they killed them. Um, they, there is a, but it, it's because of the, the people who the Israel, you know, the Israelites, their background, their history, it is a nation state based in religion. Um, that's again, that's a little bit more baffling. You and I know that certainly the Palestinians know that. Why, why would you do this? Nothing I, I could see. I, I mean, the radical as radical can be, but when they sit down and they're talking strategy, how can anything good come of this other than, yeah, you killed a bunch of people, but, man, you're going to pay for that. Yeah, 
I, again, I, I can tell you that by reading social media, which I wish I didn't, uh, there are a lot of people defending the actions of Hamas because, well, they have been aggrieved. And, it's, and I will not disagree with that. There, Israel has not necessarily treated Hamas perfectly fine uh, and has not handled the Gaza Strip as well as maybe it could have. I'm not an expert, but I, I understand there are legitimate gripes. But, you know, there are gripes and then there are gripes. There are responses and then there are responses. And this was just overwhelming. But I am, as I said to the tail end of the interview with Senator Weld, what concerns me is how planned this was. I'm not drawing the correlation, but to some extent it reminds me of 9-11 in that it was an organized, coordinated attack um, planned ahead of time. Everybody knew where they were going and what they were doing. And what gets me is that, as I said earlier, someone came in in paragliders, you know, here come the soldiers in paragliders dropping bombs and, and shooting from the sky. It was a very well-orchestrated, well-planned attack. So they thought it through. They, they had to have known what kind of response they were going to get. Um, and I think they're going to get it. Again, if you uh, want to stand with Israel tonight, there's a service at Temple Shalom, 7 p.m., uh, supporting uh, Israel in this particular situation. An uh, interfaith service uh, put on by Temple Shalom, Rabbi Leaf, and other faith leaders around the uh, around the region. It's 38 22 till the hour. Watchdog Morning Show is underway. It's a Tuesday. You can join us. Text line 304-214-1600. Phone line 304-232-8255. Frio stack lines are always open, always available for you. Right now, it's time to check Ohio Valley headlines. Taylor Long is here. Good Tuesday morning, everyone. I'm Taylor Long with your 7 News headlines on this October the 10th. The cause of an early morning house fire in Belmont County is under investigation. Officials say the fire broke out at 7.30 yesterday morning at a house on 32nd Street in Bel Air. Investigators believe the blaze started on the second floor of the single-family home. Officials say all four family members in the house got out safely. In October is National Fire Prevention Month. This week, the Wheeling Fire Department is hosting their Fire Prevention Week. The theme is Cooking Safety Starts With You. According to the NFPA, cooking is the leading cause of home fires, with nearly half involving cooking equipment. Unattended cooking is a leading cause of home cooking fires and related deaths. The fire department suggests never leaving non-cooking related items on the stovetop, even if it's turned off, and keeping a lid handy in case a grease fire should occur. The Wheeling Fire Department lieutenant says that it's the older generation's job to teach their kids about fire safety. And the fire department reminds everyone to change their batteries and their smoke alarms twice a year and most notably on the fall back and spring forward clock changes. In addition, the department will have informational tables set up from 1 to 3 at Elm Grove Respects today, October 10th, and the Warwood Kroger on Wednesday, October 11th. And low demand and a $10 drop in the prices of oil is helping drive down the gas prices. The Mountain State's average price of gas right now is $3.52. That's down $0.06 cents in the last week. And then Buckeye State's price is coming down faster, now at $3.27. That's $0.13 cents less than a week ago. The national average is $3.70. For all the latest in local news, weather, and sports, you can always head on over to WTRF.com for a further look. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you.
Breaking down the numbers for the Mountaineers and the Houston Cougars. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story and more coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. Hello and welcome to The Kroger Show. At Kroger, everyone wins when it comes to saving big. Because when you order online through the Kroger app, you get the same great prices, deals, and rewards on pickup or delivery that you do in-store with no hidden fees or markups. Best of all, you'll know when items in your cart have a coupon, so you never miss a deal. So whether you're a delivery lover, picker-upper, or you shop in-store, you'll always save big at Kroger. Kroger, fresh for everyone. At Kroger, we know the minute a tomato is picked, the fresh timer starts. The sooner we get our produce to you, the fresher it is. That's why we've completely overhauled our process to shorten the time from harvest to home, giving you more time to enjoy your tasty tomatoes, strawberries, and salads. So whether you're shopping in-store, picking up, or prefer delivery, we're committed to bringing you the freshest produce possible. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Mountaineer head coach Neil Brown addressed media members yesterday, his weekly press conference as WV gets set for its first ever meeting against the Houston Cougars. Let's break down some of the numbers, some of the keys to the game coming up on Thursday. You would think with Dana Holgerson running the Houston offense that they would be among the nation's most prolific scoring offenses, but actually that's not the case. They're currently averaging 27 points per game, which is 79th in the country. We've talked about West Virginia's offense. They still have not gotten it all straightened out. West Virginia currently averaging one point less, 26 points per game. When it comes, though, to scoring defense, significant difference here. West Virginia giving up just 19 points per game. The Cougars just a hair under 30 points per game. Running the football, West Virginia is at 192 yards per contest. That is 32nd best in the country, while Houston is averaging 132 yards per game on the ground. A couple of notes from Neil's press conference yesterday. He did announce that starting left side guard Tomas Remak would not play on Thursday, injured his knee in that TCU game. That means that Brandon Yates moves from right guard to left guard and Jaquay Hubbard will move over to the right guard position. Obviously, Trey Lathan, who suffered a broken bone in his leg in the TCU victory, is out for the rest of the season, and that means that true freshman Ben Cutter will get the start coming up on Thursday night. And a reminder to you, the Neil Brown Show tonight from Kegler's comes your way here on MSN from 6 until 8. That is today's Mountaineer Report. It's brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com. We'd like to help. Serving part-time in the Army National Guard has led to a lot of firsts for me. It paid for me to be one of the first people in my family to go to college. That education got me to the first day at my dream job, which I could still hold while I served part-time. That job, along with the benefits I got through the West Virginia Army National Guard, helped me buy my first home. I also know that I'll be one of the first to respond if the Ohio Valley ever needs me during a natural disaster. 
I'm Sergeant Andrea Gump, and if you'd like to join my team, visit www.nationalguard.com WV for more information, or check out our Instagram or Facebook at WeGuard West Virginia. Looking to buy or sell a home? For a reliable, experienced agent that has been serving the tri-state area for over 30 years, contact Denise Pavlik, Realtor Salesperson with Paul Associates in the Glendale Marshall County office at 304-281-5250. Coffee is brewed, phone lines are open, and the morning team is ready to roll. From the Robinson Auto Group Studios, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. This is crazy, but here's my number. So call me maybe. It's hard to look right at your baby. You can call us, maybe. Uh, 304-214-1600 is the uh, text line. 304-232-8255, the phone line. It's all Frio stack phone lines and text lines, and that's why we have them, and we hope that you will use them. That song was very popular. Who is who's singing that? I um, It's not Taylor Swift, is it? Uh, Carly Jessup, something like that. Oh, I got it right here. Carly Ray Jessup. Reason I, I say it, a couple of years ago it was very popular. It, very, it very, very popular. Anyway. I don't know anything about popular songs. I don't. I don't. You know. But that, that was a bit. You heard it everywhere. But I had. I was uh, a person I worked with on a regular basis. Uh, would frequently text me, and she was always texting me and saying, uh, you know, call me maybe, call me maybe, and finally I thought, well, that's the, that, what? What a dumb thing to say, you know, call me maybe. And finally she said, it's the song. I said, oh, I, I am, I don't know what the song is, so I. <clears throat> I didn't understand. You have to understand. Get past the Beatles, maybe Sinatra and the Beatles. Stones could be. Uh, I, I'm kind of lost. I, you know, I, when it comes to contemporary music, I just don't. Uh, I don't. Do you listen to music on the radio? You're a country guy, though. You listen to country, right? I don't. But where I got familiar with that song was it, it played at a lot of sporting events. You know, my boys were oh, okay. ball games and stuff like that. That's where I remember hearing it. But no, I, I know. I know nothing about what's hot right now. New music, number one. I couldn't tell you anything like that. You know, let's be honest about it. My, uh, I love Casey Kasem in American Top Forty. He's been dead for how long now, Howard? Yeah, but they run it. They run it every weekend on Seventies on Seven, and so I'm always listening. I, I love you know, Casey Kasem, and it's always fun to see what was popular in the years as I was growing up. Um, Sometimes they're weird years, you know. It's like I don't remember those songs. You know, those guys were popular. We remember the good guys at WK, and we remember oh, our old colleague uh, Bob Doors, who was sure. very, very popular. Hey, hi, hello, Bob Doors. But I never thought they would name apartment buildings after him, Howard. That, that's really, really popular. <laughs> I never. I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check with Woda about that. Is that the? Will there be Doris dances there? Is that the way they're gonna entertainment in the evening? Bob will be doing dances at the at the Doris apartment. And you know what? If Bob's listening, and sometimes he does. Morning, Bob. You know what he's doing? Right now he's thinking, hey. That's a good idea. That's, that's a good idea. I can do those dances. Uh, I was eating a, 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 a delightful glazed donut that Bob brought me this morning a few minutes ago, and I was asking, Bob, please don't tell the boss because we're not supposed to eat here in the studio. You know, we yell at Donnie. I yell at Donnie when he brings food here in the studio. But, Howard, there's a big difference between a donut and two pots. <laughs> With ribs laying on the counter <laughs> and stuff oozing out of the 
the dish. Uh, text line, Frio Stack, Auction Service text line. Howard, the whole valley knew you were eating donuts. In the they studio. could hear you, Howard. Yeah, it's like uh, you surely you don't think you seriously don't think that you're hiding something from people. Uh, I guess not. Um, 309. Wow. Nancy and I noticed yesterday 339 price of gas over in Belmont County. Uh, Frio Stack Auction Service text line. Gas price, Walmart, Moundsville. We get this all the time. 309. Yeah, that's a place to go. In fact, when when everything was dropping, 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 I thought, man, it, we might get under $3 down at Walmart. 309. That's pretty close. I'll take it. One more drop, of, you know, a significant drop, you could be down to, you know, 298 or something. And you know when you can do that, Howard? When? You can do it on Friday when you stop down hey, and see the Pine Room idea. boys down now. They're not going to be on Walmart Drive this Friday. But you could go to Walmart you Drive. You sure first. can on the way down, take advantage and to get, get you some of that cheap gas. Get some cheap gas and then go to, uh, uh, Gumby's and visit with the Pine Room guys from noon to three on Friday. And when that's all over and done with, you know, hang out for a while. And pretty soon you'll be at the ball game. There you go. Do we have a Brooke? Yes, uh, John Marshall uh, hosts Brooke. Is that a good? That'll be a good game, right? Uh, I don't know. I hope so. I mean, you know, we're, we're rooting for John Marshall, but uh, it's been a down it's down been a tough season. season for them, yes, yeah. it tough has. Season for them. And we'll have another uh, local game, a big rivalry game on WKKX. Wheeling Central travels across the river to Martin's Ferry to take on the Purple Riders. Howard, I think they both will be games that people want to listen to. Central, I think Martin's they'll Ferry. be good. Yeah, That's a big rivalry. Brooke is a big team in town. I know John Marshall may have their work cut out for him. John them, Marshall's been on the road, so it might be good to get back, back at home. home. Back at home. So uh, those games on Friday night, part of our Friday night uh, lights, if you will. Uh, and then when they're over and done with um, uh, high school game night as well with uh, Freddie Persinger and the gangs down there. And we kick it all off since we're doing it, mentioning this. We kick it all off with the Pine Room podcast on Friday, as Bob mentioned, live this time from Gumby's down in Moundsville, not the Walmart Drive location. No, pretty close. And we always say Gumby's, Howard, and like a damn fool, I always forget to thank Jill's Gentlemen's Club. Club. Yeah, because we couldn't do it without them either. Well, it is at Gumby's and sponsored by Gumby's and, and Jill's Gentlemen's Club. There you go. So uh, they're, they're the key sponsor of this. And I think our listeners really are enjoying this. The Pine Room guys every Friday live from noon to three. Uh, you know, when football's over, I think we should just put them out there live on Friday someplace. You know, <laughs> give them a couple of heaters, Howard. Put them on a street corner somewhere. You know, actually, that's not a bad idea. Put them on a street corner somewhere. Well, somebody brought them steak last last week. The week before that, the nice Neely's, lady at Neely's, Neely's brought them a whole bunch of dinner out there. So the the Pine Room boys do really, really good on Fridays. Well, they do really, really good. Not just with getting food, they do really, really good. Period. End of sentence. They're they just I love I love listening to them and. Uh, they're such an asset to our And station. don't wait till Friday. You can catch them today. They'll be here today. Absolutely. All those guys will be here in the studio, Howard. And uh, th- three hours of, uh, of of great conversation. Yeah, what do we say? About 70% sports, 30% kind of yeah. stuff that strikes their yeah, fancy. Big news, yeah. Make sure you get that uh, glazed donut uh, cleaned up in there. Yeah, I got a, I'm not, seriously, it's a, <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding. It was a it was a great glaze, but the glaze was... They'll be n- taking pictures of it. Say, yeah. well, how did that get in How here? did this get here? Uh, this is evidence. Uh, we'll be turning this in, and it's evidence that uh, perhaps... Those, those guys wouldn't turn you it's in. It's time for Monroe to leave. <laughs> they might turn Donnie in, but I don't think they'd turn you in. <laughs> All right. Eight before the hour on the Watchdog Morning Show. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's healthcare demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care, close to home. Developing new and exclusive services, recruiting top surgeons, featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery, 
improving healing, rehab time, and outcomes. Offering innovative heart care through our WVU Heart and Vascular Institute. Establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff. Providing comprehensive, world-class women's health services and equipping the WVU Cancer Institute at Wheeling Hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care. We embody the mountaineer spirit, building upon strong traditions, moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital, delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands. With a full array of fast food choices for everyone in the family. Or drop in at the Olive Garden, Cheddar's, Bubba's Burgers, Bob Evans, Fusion, or Panera Bread. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging. He has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Fifty-five, five to the hour. Watchdog Morning Show. Forty-five degrees. Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. Forty-two at the Highlands. Forty-two at Elm Grove. Forty-two here. Robinson Auto Group Studios, downtown Wheeling, in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Sunny, high around uh, sixty or so for the day today. A little bit warmer, sixty-four tomorrow. Some rain in the morning on Thursday, but still sunny. High close to maybe seventy or so. Friday rain comes in in the afternoon and the evening, but the uh, early part of the day sunny and seventy. So. Not a bad week is in store again as fall begins to come closer and closer. And I'm literally this morning, not this morning, yesterday afternoon, literally watching the leaves falling off the tree. I mentioned yesterday when I came to work, I realized I was crunch, crunch, crunching across the leaves on the ground. And I noticed last night I can watch them falling off the tree. We have our Halloween decorations up. As I said, uh, we put them up on uh, uh, a couple of days ago. And again, by we, I mean uh, Nancy put them up and I watched her. When we look back, at the summer of 2023, Howard, anything 
pop out at you? I thought, you know, I thought it was a pleasant summer. Uh, For us, yes, but I think the summer of 2023 will go down as a summer of really wild, wicked heat weather waves, across yeah, the country. Weather, uh, the fires, the know, smoke from Canada. I think the, that was something new the for Canadian us. Canadian smoke, for maybe the first alert that we had, things weren't normal. Then we went through that stretch uh, in uh, Phoenix, particularly, but in, in Arizona, of like 15 days with over 100 degrees. I think in Phoenix it was like 10 days over 110 degrees. They said Myrtle Beach was like taking a warm bath. You know, uh, then we had uh, hurricanes on the West Coast, hurricanes uh, coming up both coasts of the of Florida. Um, New York City was underwater just a week or so ago. It will be remembered, I think, as a as a summer. Again, for us, it was really not a bad summer. We had not that at all. really significant heat wave. I'd lose track of time, but somewhat early in the summer, really, really hot. And we did have the Canadian wildfires for like a week. They came back again, but the one week was really bad. Uh, but for us, it was actually a pretty nice, I think, a pretty nice summer. Uh, but across the country, if we think about it, it was a heck of a... Uh, the, the wicked weather will be, I think, the defining factor of uh, of what this summer was like. Although, yeah, now the fall will be, will be defined by the beginning of another major war in the world. And if we survive it, Howard, if we last that long, we'll look back and say, yeah, I remember when Wheeling was all tore up. But you know, I can't remember when it wasn't tore up. You know, that, you know, we will be. That's a that's a really good point. Everybody is is bitching and complaining right now, and we do too about how bad the streets are in downtown Wheeling. But we know, we know that it's all being done with a very specific purpose in mind. An end date is there. The work is progressing towards the completion of the streetscape, and it will all will be good and all will be well. And, I'm, but in, and in a few years after that, we'll look back on these torn-up street days the way we now look back on the pandemic and go, do you remember? I mean, I can't re- It's hard to remember. We all had to stay indoors. Remember, you couldn't go out to bars. You could. You had to stand in line to get into Walmart. Remember that day pandemic. you tried to get the bus, Bob, and there was no way for the bus to stop, <laughs> and he just you shook your dollar at him. Remember that day? But uh, uh, I think we'll look back at some point on these days that we we just grumble and yell and moan and scream and stomp our feet and get angry and and write nasty notes on Facebook and everything. And we'll look back and go, I can barely remember that when the streets are all done. Because that's the way life works, right? Things are miserable for a while. And then when they get better, you forget how bad they were. Um, I've said this quite a few times. It's because I'm watching some TV shows that were filmed during the pandemic. So I'm watching some things from the pandemic and it's, it's... it's been a reminder to me how, what that pandemic was like. You know, everybody wearing masks, everybody having to be able to, not being able to get out and into buildings and so on. Amazing. Uh, Stephen Adams is going to talk to us next hour about school choice in West Virginia. I think that's a misnomer. Uh, it's uh, it's supporting private education uh, at the expense of public education. But Stephen wrote a piece about that in the Ogden paper recently, and he's going to join us to talk about it coming up in the next hour of the show here on the Watchdog Morning Show, where it's 9 o'clock and ABC has the latest on the Hamas-Israeli war. KKX Wheeling, FM 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY, Moundsville.